We're back with some more college basketball action here for Friday, March 17th, day two of the round of 64. Another great slate of games to take a look at. So let's jump right into it. Now, the first game we're taking a look at here on Friday is Kennesaw State taking on Xavier. Kennesaw State comes into this game as the 202nd overall team in the hot tip of power ranking. Xavier is the 20th overall team for Kennesaw State. As far as A-Sun teams went this season, certainly near the top of the pack. Um, you know, we're able to, to pull off the win over the top team in Liberty, um, you know, in the, the conference tournament. Also beat Liberty during the regular season. While they didn't beat, you know, any tournament teams, per se, during conference play, had some decent performances. Struggled a bit more against San Diego State and Indiana. You know, competitive at times, but definitely tough places to go play on the road. Um, but they did keep it within three three points against VCU. So something to, to, to hang their hat on as far as the non-conference went for this Kennesaw State team. And, you know, as far as Xavier goes, they really were a strong team in the Big East this season. My concern with Xavier is they definitely struggled a bit more away from home, um, you know, than they did at the Cintas Center this season. But overall, Sean Miller did a great job getting the Xavier team back into shape. And Offensively speaking, it's hard to deny how well Xavier shot the ball this season. A 55.6 effective field goal percentage on the year, and they're hitting 39.3% from beyond the arc. One of the best shooting teams in the entire country this season. And, you know, for Kennesaw State, as far as an A-Sun team goes, did a really good job shooting the basketball as well. A 52.9 effective field goal percentage on the year, hitting 37.1% from beyond the arc. And, and certainly have some playmakers of their own. Chris Youngblood, um, really a strong guard for this Kennesaw State team, 14.7 points per game for him. Um, and defensively, Kennesaw State and Xavier actually stack up fairly well. Kennesaw State, 119th in defensive efficiency. Xavier, the 74th overall team. Neither one of them has a great shot defense. Kennesaw State allowing a 51.2 effective field goal percentage while Xavier giving up a 50.4. Kennesaw State also allowing 34.8% from beyond the arc while Xavier 35.9. But one area that Kennesaw State is going to have the edge defensively is in the turnover department, forcing turnovers on 19.6% of their opponent's possessions, while Xavier only forcing turnovers on 16.5% of theirs. Offensively, about the same in the turnover department. Kennesaw State um, only turning it over on 17.9% of their opponent or of their possessions. Xavier turning it over on 17.5% of theirs. And overall, it's obviously a Xavier team that I loved all season long. Was really hoping they could pull off the the Big East regular season and somehow edge out Marquette um, and get above them. Obviously, weren't able to do that. Struggled a bit in the middle of the season, um, but 13 points in this matchup is just too many in my opinion. I think Kennesaw State keeps it competitive. I think they keep it close, and I think they cover this spread. Taking Kennesaw State plus 13 here against Xavier. Now, the next game we'll take a look at here on Friday, VCU taking on St. Mary's. VCU coming into this game as the 54th overall team in the hot tip of power ranking. St. Mary's is the 19th overall team. And as far as 5-12 matchups go, it's certainly not an easy task for St. Mary's or for this VCU squad um, in this game. Both these teams had, you know, played very well during the regular season. Obviously, VCU going on a heck of a run to finish the season, um, you know, winning their last nine games coming into this one. St. Mary's you know outside of the the two Gonzaga losses to finish the season and in the championship um you know have been a very very strong team LMU really the only other blemish on their record um you know looked decent in the non-conference a win over San Diego State were able to keep it within five points against Houston on the road so it's St. Mary's team um that is certainly battle tested even coming out of the West Coast Conference and as far as shooting the ball goes both these teams have been strong offensively but overall St. Mary's um you know the better team on offense 39th and offense 
offensive efficiency while VCU the 139th overall team um, but both of them have made some shots I mean for VCU a 52.2 effective field goal percentage on the year and they're hitting 34.7% from beyond the arc St. Mary's 52.5% effective field goal percentage and 36.7% from beyond the arc but defensively it's two teams who definitely show up and can definitely play on that side of the ball um, you know both in the top 16 VCU the 16th overall team in defensive efficiency St. Mary's the 10th overall team they both have strong shot defenses St. Mary's only giving up a 46.7 effective field goal percentage VCU a 47 St. Mary's also holding their opponents to 32.8 percent from beyond the arc VCU allowing 32.3 percent so overall two very very strong shot defenses but if there's any fault that you can pull out of this VCU team on the defensive side of things it's going to be in the rebounding department because they have struggled a bit um, there this season only pulling down 70.2 percent off the defensive glass St. Mary's on the other hand pulling down 78.2 percent they're actually the number two team in the nation when it comes to defensive rebounding and, and speaking of rebounding St. Mary's has the advantage on the offensive side of things too pulling down 33.1 percent off the offensive glass VCU only pulling down 29 percent overall it's certainly not going to be an easy matchup for this St. Mary's team but with how well they played in the West Coast Conference and you know hate on the West Coast Conference all you want um, but even in those games against Gonzaga obviously got the win once and in my opinion looked even better in the second game if it was a loss struggled a bit in the conference championship no doubt but having you know 10 days to, to skew on that get ready for this game even though they didn't know their opponent I think it's a Randy Bennett team that's going to be ready to play um, and I think they take care of business here against VCU I'm taking St. Mary's minus four here against VCU Next up on the card, we got an 11-6 matchup between NC State and Creighton. NC State comes into this game as the 65th overall team in the hot tip of power ranking. Creighton is the 16th overall team. And, you know, both these teams were obviously, you know, above average for sure this season. Obviously, Creighton struggled a little bit after going to Maui, you know, with Cockburn or not on the court. But really, once he got back on the court, they got into the heart of Big East play. Definitely went on a run, won a lot of basketball games, struggled a bit at the end of the season. Um, but overall, it is a Creighton team that, that certainly proved they can compete this season. As far as NC State goes, not a bad season for them at all. Certainly a roller coaster at times up and down in the ACC um, maybe don't finish nearly as strong as they want with that loss to Clemson um, and even in you know both losses to Clemson in the regular season and in the conference tournament um, but nonetheless they were a strong team and offensively speaking it's an NC State team that can certainly shoot the basketball a 51.8 effective field goal percentage on the year and they're hitting 34.9 percent from beyond the arc but Creighton has done you know just as well the job if not a little bit better um, in some respects shooting the basketball 54.3 effective field goal percentage hitting 36% from beyond the arc. Obviously, like I said, Ryan Cockbrenner being the difference maker for this Creighton team this season, 15.4 points per game for him. Um, but where Creighton has, you know, really buttered the bread, has really been a great team this season, is on the defensive side of things. Coming to this game, 17th in defensive efficiency, while NC State is the 87th overall team. And really just across the board, Creighton has been strong on the defensive side of things, only giving up a 47.3 effective field goal percentage, while NC State allowing a 49.8. Now, Creighton has struggled a bit to guard the perimeter, definitely against some of those top teams in the Big East. Um, struggled to contain some of those shooters, giving up a 34.1 three-point percentage NC State only allowing 32.2 but one area that Creighton has really excelled this season and has really just been a great basketball team is in the rebounding department pulling down 76.7 percent off the defensive glass the 13th best team in the nation in that category NC State only pulling down 72.4 percent off the defensive glass
Glass have certainly struggled a bit more in that area. And overall, it is just a Creighton team that when they're playing their best basketball, they are a very, very hard team to beat. And I think Greg McDermott gets his team going for this game. Um, honestly, it's a Creighton team that I didn't love at the beginning of the season. Certainly didn't give them much credit, but they've really grown on me as the season goes on. And quite honestly, for a 6-11 matchup, this is just a mismatch in my opinion. I think it's a Creighton team, especially with Arizona out of the tournament now, um, you know, down there in their region. I think it's a team that could go on a run. I think they win this game pretty handedly. I'm taking Creighton minus four and a half here against NC State. Now, quickly, before we get into the second half of today's show, if you haven't already checked out the website, head over to hottipbets.com. Got college basketball, NBA, NHL, UFC, and horse racing picks being posted up there every single day. So make sure you take a look at all of that. Also, follow the Hot Tip Bets main account at Hot Tip Bets on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter to stay up to date with all the content being posted over there, as well as my personal accounts at Hot Tip Bets Chris on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter to stay up to date with all the content that I'm putting out, and also on Betstamp where you can get early access to all of my picks and get a notification every single time that i place a bet and last but definitely not least for watching here on youtube hit that like button subscribe to the channel hit the bell notification so you don't miss out on any future uploads and most importantly drop a comment down below let me know who you guys are betting on here for friday and let's get right into the second half of the show now we head to the west for a 413 matchup between iona and yukon iona comes into this game as the 77th overall team in the hot tip power ranking yukon is the 13th overall team and this is a, a marquee matchup for the day, to say the least. I mean, obviously, playing in Albany, New York with these two fan bases, um, certainly going to be a big turnout in that respect, but not exactly the draw that you want to see if you are UConn and Dan Hurley. I mean, Rick Pitino and Iona, certainly a, a better team um, than most coming out of the MAAC this season for Iona. 14 game winning streak coming into this matchup now granted it is an iona team that struggled a bit in the non-conference when they played better teams and i mean their best opponent was new mexico a game that they went on the road and lost by eight points i mean it was an iona team that hasn't played um a tournament team all season so um certainly something to take into consideration there and, and as far as yukon goes started the season out as about as hot as they could 14 and 0 to start the year obviously struggled right at the beginning of big East play but near the end of Big East play really turned things around and while they ended up losing um, in that Friday night matchup against Marquette last week you know played a very very competitive game and, and obviously that's nothing to scoff at with what Marquette ended up doing um, but overall it is a UConn team that on both sides of the ball is very very dangerous I mean offensively speaking um, they can shoot the ball just as well as any team in the entire nation a 53.5 effective field goal percentage and hitting 35.7% from beyond the arc um, but Iona's not not terrible certainly going to be at a disadvantage um but not nearly a bad shooting team by any means a 51.9 effective field goal percentage and actually a little bit better from the perimeter hitting 36 percent from beyond the arc but one area that uconn is very very dangerous especially on the offensive side of things is in the rebounding department they're the number one offensive rebounding team in the entire nation pulling down 39.2 percent off the offensive glass iona certainly not a bad rebounding team but only pulling down 32 percent off the offensive glass and iona struggled a bit on on the defensive side of things only pulling down 69.6 percent off the defensive glass while uconn pulling down 73.8 percent off the defensive glass certainly an area um, that uconn's gonna have an advantage but what uconn has to avoid in this matchup if they want to win it 
is that Iona shot defense because while Iona maybe racked up their numbers a little bit based on the conference they play in, um, they do have a very strong shot defense, only giving up a 45.9 effective field goal percentage on the year. Um, UConn right there with them, a 45.5, but certainly a good Iona team. Iona also only allowing 29.2% from beyond the arc. UConn allowing 30% from beyond the arc. If UConn can slow things down, um, really, you know, poke holes in that Iona defense, find ways to shoot the ball, take those second champs opportunities when they get them um, and put up good shots. I see no reason UConn can't cover this spread. It's certainly a bigger spread um, than I at first glance wanted to lay on this one, but the more I looked at it, the more I really saw what this Iona team actually did in the regular season. Pretty much the only factor they got going for them is Rick Pitino, and I don't think that's going to be enough against this UConn team. I'm taking UConn minus nine here against Iona. And finally, we close the show out with a 5-12 matchup between Drake and Miami. Drake coming into this game is the 57th overall team in the hot power ranking. Miami is the 36th overall team. And, you know, it was a Drake team that really got things on the same page, got things together, got things cooking down the stretch um, of the Missouri Valley regular season outside of that, that final regular season game against Bradley, um, a team that they went on to absolutely dominate in the conference tournament. It was a Drake team that was playing about as good as basketball as you can. As far as Miami goes, um, certainly not a bad team in the ACC. Definitely got things going down the stretch of the season as well, but struggled a bit against Duke um, in the conference tournament. But offensively speaking, it is certainly a Miami team that can shoot the ball and certainly a Miami team that's going to have an advantage in this game. A 55 effective field goal percentage and hitting 36.8% from beyond the arc, not to mention they're dropping 77.6% from the free throw line. But as good as Miami's been shooting the basketball, Drake's not terribly far behind them. I mean, a 53.1 effective field goal percentage on the year. They're hitting 36.7% from beyond the arc um, and they're also hitting 77.1% from the free throw line. Certainly, both these teams have some shooters and can certainly compete Um, and even though Miami might have a slight advantage on the offensive side of things one area that Drake is certainly going to have the advantage is on the defensive side of the ball Drake has held their opponents to a 47.3 effective field goal percentage on the year and only allowing 31.2 percent from beyond the arc Miami giving up a 51.3 effective field goal percentage um, and 33.6 percent from beyond the arc now obviously you got to take those with a grain of salt just based on the level of competition these two teams faced throughout the season but really the key for Drake in this game is going to be to slow things down, control the tempo. I mean, they play the 222nd slowest tempo in the nation, while Miami is the 104th fastest team. And if Drake can rely on that defense, you know, take some of these Miami shooters out of the game, really protect the perimeter, dominate the rebounding department, if they can just do a few of those things well, not even great, just well, it is definitely a Drake team that is more than capable of winning this game. Um, and really what DeVries has done here for this Drake squad the past couple of years has been remarkable. I think they put it all together in this game, and I think they come out victorious here against Miami. I'm taking Drake, plus 110 here against Miami.